Is this thing on? I am Queensman. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa and you are listening to the All Things Pelvic podcast where you get to follow my life as a pelvic floor physical therapist. That may sound a little boring, but real quick, let me break it down. I bring up topics that most people find difficult to talk about, but maybe it's time we get comfortable with discussing the uncomfortable. I always strive for real talk, good vibes, and mostly all things pelvic. Join me and my guests as we discuss healthcare, culture, and real life topics. Are you ready? Because it's time to take a page out of my playbook. Introduce yourself, please, honey. <laughs> honey. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Hi, everyone. My name is Krisha Gaddis. I am currently living in Miami. I'm a pelvic floor PT, and I also specialize in cancer rehab. I'm currently in a mix of inpatient rehab, and I'm also doing pelvic floor rehab on the side, which is truly my passion. I was just telling Alyssa mm-hmm. that I... I had stopped doing pelvic floor for about four months when I recently moved from Jersey, and I am so excited to be back. It just felt so good to be back, so Yay. I'm happy to be doing this, because then I also get to brush up on on thinking about things. Yeah, well, yay for pelvic, but also all I got out of that was that you're in Miami, and I'm jealous. Yes, because... <laughs> and you need to come visit me now. Of course, of course, <laughs> I wish, Jesus, I need to get out of here. It's actually supposed to snow again tonight in the city. No. Yep, yep, and yeah, <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding, it's been fine, but that is Chrissy for us, so she is, you know, like she said, she's kind of diving back into the pelvic world, which I think is amazing, you know, and of course, much needed. And with that being said, this past weekend, I got the second dose of the COVID vaccine, and um, clap it up for that, yay. (laughs) Um, But because of that, I had a lot of time on my hands. I could not get out of bed for a few days. I'm sure you've heard, well, I think we talked about that, Chrissy, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It definitely put me out for a little bit. Um, but on my Instagram, what I did was I asked my followers what they would be interested in hearing about. So I did it on my private account, you know, like my own personal one. And I did it on, of course, my pelvic floor playbook one. And the answers that I got were actually really interesting. I think, um, I also heard back from a lot of men too, which I love, of course, you know, like I'm, I'm a men's health PT you know, along with um, working in women's health. And I thought that that was also really interesting and kind of cool to see too. You know, a lot of guys were like, hold on a second. Like, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? So I would love to bring up those topics and Chrissy and I are going to kind of go back and forth about it. You ready, boo? Ready. (laughs) So, okay. I'm definitely going to start off with one of, I think, the most important ones. So somebody said, One thing I want you to talk about is talking to your OB about pelvic and vaginal pain without being dismissed as quote-unquote normal, and she put a bunch of sad faces after it. Um, So now I do know this follower personally, and 
she told me when she first came in to see me that she was like, nobody knew what I was talking about. She said that even before she was pregnant, so she actually just had her baby, um, a beautiful baby boy, and she said that, she's like, my OB, one, had no idea about pelvic floor PT, and then she also had painful intercourse before having her child, and then while being pregnant, she was having painful sex as well. Now, I never want to knock any medical practitioner, and I want to make that known before me and you kind of dive into this, because I think as pelvic floor PTs, there's definitely a lot of frustrations that kind of come along with, like, other providers and stuff. I never want to knock anybody. Would you agree that we can't really blame them? <laughs> Hard question to yes answer. Yes and no. Yes. Yeah. I agree in a way where it just hasn't been talked about enough. Yeah. And there hasn't, because it's it's not really a new area of PT, because it's not. No. It's been around for years. Right. But because it's such an intimate setting and it's such a personal thing, I feel like there had been, up to a few years from now, a lot of research that had been lacking. Totally. Because I, like, I know PTs that have been in this for, like, 15 to 20 years. So mm -hmm. it's like, it, this has been around, but I think one thing that I must say, at least within the past few years, is that things have skyrocketed a bit in terms of pelvic floor PT, where, like, there's now, social media is huge. Like, I That's even true. think back on just, like, five years ago, five years mm -hmm. ago, sure, there was Instagram, but, like, was it as big as it is now? Like, no, it wasn't. You know, like, they there weren't, like, sales on Instagram, there weren't all these marketing tools that you can use. So, yeah, I, I, I would say I'm in the mix of that, right? Like, I yeah. I do think that we should always be up to date on, like, certain research because we are providers ourselves, right? So it's like we should be up to date on certain things. But then, you know, I also have, like, my sisters who are PAs that, like, they had no idea about what I did until I told them. Right. You know, and then when, when Nisha was pregnant, you know, like, my sister – she was like, oh, my God, you know, like, this is very helpful and, like, this can be helpful. So, ugh, it's kind of – I go back on that back and forth. But one thing that I whole, wholeheartedly disagree with – no, agree with, I should say, with her is that nobody should ever be dismissed like that, you know, as saying, like, okay, your pain is normal. This is – you know, and no pain should ever be normal. And I think we know that the most as – physical therapists right that like it, that's literally what our patients are coming in for it's like you have like and not always pain we know that it could be like a posture thing it could just be like I want to learn how to lift I want to learn how to do this and that um but I agree with her on that that like your pain your thoughts your whatever's going through your brain it should never be dismissed Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you have pain, it's your body trying to tell you something. Yes. It may not necessarily be a harmful thing because sometimes we get pain from different sources, but it's always your body trying to tell you something and it should never be unrecognized. Totally. I had Liz. So I had this patient that came to me after she had been going through painful sex for about two years by the time she came to me. And when I, we were going through her history and, you know, one of my first questions was, did you ever speak to an OBGYN about this? Did, you know, did this ever come up? And she said that it never came up during her first year that she was having the pain. 
because she was just embarrassed to say it. And yeah. she also thought, oh, it's my first, it was also her first partner, mm-hmm. like her first time having sex. So she was thinking, this is probably normal. You know, my body's not used to it. It's just painful, which we all know it can be the first few times, but yeah. it shouldn't be painful for an entire year if you have a regular sexual partner, right? Right, right. So when she said that she told the OBGYN she had been having the pain for about a year, and what her OB said was, oh, how big is he? <laughs> Which is... And I was like, wait, I thought... She, so I thought she was joking at first, and I was like, what? Yeah. She's like, no, yeah, she asked, how big is he? And I'm like, wait, no. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. No. This is... Yeah. Oh, been yep. been for a year, <laughs> issue here right so that is a huge issue about what people think right you know they're just like that's that's a that's the first question that usually comes up I think and then they're like oh nope you'll get used to it so I've heard that crazy it's insane so I've heard that a lot and then another thing um that like even some of my patients will say is just like Oh, they told me to have wine. That makes me cringe. Like, they told me to have alcohol. They told me to just relax. They told me it's all in my head. So those are the things that kind of came up into my head when um, I got this response, right? You know, like from my poll on Instagram. And I kind of, I was just like, oh, man, you know, I could think of so many different things that, you know, she wrote. I want to be, I don't want to be dismissed as normal, quote unquote, but it's Mm -hmm. like, not even normal, right? Like, I don't want to be dismissed in general with people saying to me, drink wine. Uh, How big is he? How big is this? You know, and it's kind of like, first of all, what if your partner is not a male? Right? Like, what? yeah. What if you have other stuff going on? And then makes me think about that, right? It kind of goes into then even other types of like, prejudices too right (laughs) where it's like now you don't even know what that person who that person's partner is if they have a partner in the first place too um I think it's just there are ways to ask these things and to be careful about it so yeah that's a huge one you know that that's a huge thing that I'm always going to continuously discuss on here you know so I'm happy that somebody just outright said it and I think it's way too common it's way too common I even made a post the other day where it was just like things that providers probably shouldn't say and it was like um the pains in your head now um you should probably take you know have alcohol with this just try and relax your body will get used to it like what if I am 28 years old and I've been having sex since I was 16 and I haven't Mm -hmm. gotten used to it yet so what do I do now what if I have had multiple partners and it's also like What's what's kind of funny about what you're, you know, like not funny actually in the slightest, but like about what your patient said, it's like, okay, what if my partner is big? Then what do you want me to do? It's like, um, what do I do then about that? Right. It's kind of like, oh, okay, it, do I find a now a, a partner that has a smaller penis? What, what do you want me to do? <laughs> What do you want oh me to do? Gosh. Yeah. So, so that I find. What I think it is. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Part of me was just, I was so upset the entire day when she Aww. told me that. Cause I'm like, yeah. this is not, this is not the first time I've heard something like this, but also other than just 
being, you know, a little bit disappointed in, you know, what some providers can say. And I'm not saying that it's just OBs. It, it could be a pelvic PT too, you know. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that it's one specific provider, but I think it's just lack of awareness on their part. And that's oh, yeah. why they'll say something like that. So of course if I don't know something about why you're having your pain, ideally I'd refer out and I say, Let me see who else I can talk to, let's see what's totally. going on, let's figure it out. But some people will just say Oh, no, I think that's normal. That's, you'll figure it out. And when it's not really the case, but I feel like it may not be them trying to be, you know, um, bad practitioners at all. Yeah. I think they're just trying to cope with it in the totally. best way they can. 1,000%. And then it's like, but it's just like what you said. You If you don't know something, I'm very humble when it comes to that. You know, I'm just like, you know, I have not heard Only of Only humble people say I'm very humble. This is true. This is true. <laughs> it's like, but, but, whatever. <laughs> I think that it's okay to not know something. And, right, and I think it's like okay to also admit that. I think it's 1000% okay to do those things because if you do that, I also think that there's a little bit more trust then that comes into the person that you're talking to, whether that's a patient, a provider. Um, I've talked to plenty of providers where I'm like, I have no idea what you do. Like, please just explain to me, you know, and I'm happy Mm -hmm. to learn. I'm happy to learn that. So I think that that's something that should be discussed a little bit more. I think way too often a patient's pain, and now look, don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. Is a lot of this type of pain mental? Is is there like a mental component to it? 1,000% there is. Like there's an emotional component, mental, whatever it is. However, nobody should ever be dismissed. And I think that's like kind of the general consensus that we Absolutely. have here, right? Like it should never be dismissed. Um, and now she even mentions like specifically an OB, right? Specifically. Um, I think now that brings in to the conversation moms, moms in general, right, where that for them way too often, especially postpartum. And this is something that another um, another one of my followers said, they specifically said postpartum topics um, that non mothers wouldn't be aware of. So now we can talk about both here. Right. So it's like. When they talk about mothers that um not well they said non mothers so anybody I guess who hasn't been pregnant or you know okay yeah doesn't have a child necessarily yet um whatever that case may be but for them you know I think one thing that I just I want to make known is that you can go to PT pre during and post pregnancy right to to figure out different things going on and to figure out what's going on with your body the common things that i think we see come up way too often with postpartum is like i have my mom pouch what do i do about it i'm having painful sex what do i do about that um people told me that my belly's never going to go down you know like they, there's just so many things like i feel like something's falling out of my vagina what do i do about this or my butt like i like those are the common things that we hear all the time and every answer to that is always well you had a kid 
that makes me cringe. That oh I, God. yeah, and yeah. I totally, I, I can easily say, and you're going to start to hear it more too, the more you, you know, the more you dive into pelvic floor, because I'm, I'm like 100% pelvic floor, right? Like that's what I see mm-hmm. day to day. And I must say like ever since that, now I can easily say 90% of the time I have a patient coming in saying, yeah, my doctor told me not to worry. And I'm like, oh God, oh God. And then like they take initiative to find us or to, you know, to yes. go to a public floor PT. So I think, um, yeah, that's, those are huge things that we can kind of, you know, talk about too. But okay, let's get back on track. <laughs> they said, <laughs> I know, I go on a rant about this all day. So this follower said postpartum topics that non-mothers wouldn't be aware of. Um, I think it definitely includes the things that I just said for sure. You know, like possibly painful sex afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, having having the mom tummy, you know, whether you had a C-section or a vaginal birth, but either way that skin is stretched out for a bit. So, but it does not have to be permanent. There are things that you can do about it and that's where we come in, right? So that abdominal separation that happens is called diastasis recti and there are things you can do about it. So I feel like that's Absolutely. important to note. What else would you say, hun? Are there any that I like come to mind for you? A big thing that I've seen postpartum, and this is usually like the really athletic, fit, you know, health conscious mom that comes into the clinic. Eight weeks postpartum, I want to get my body back, and I have done 50 crunches every day. Since yes. my second week after birth, and I and I don't understand why my bulge is getting bigger. Oh my gosh, totally. Okay, so this brings up this brings up things that you find on the internet, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the Absolutely. internet go worse. So now, pelvic floor PT and the internet is a very interesting thing. <laughs> it's a very interesting thing. Um, very interesting. Yeah. And one person, a follower, said this too, like, exercises that I can do. So as soon as I saw that in the responses as well, I was just like, oh, no. They're definitely, like, you know, they've been looking on the internet a little bit. And Mm -hmm. things that come up on the internet are like, just do your Kegels. You know, do a bunch of crunches. Do a bunch of sit-ups. Do this and that. But, oh, my gosh, what I say all the time is just like, what if you're doing them wrong? You know, like, what if you're doing all these things wrong? And now – it just it makes me cringe, right? It totally makes me cringe. So that's another thing about like pelvic floor kind of is that just go see somebody. <laughs> like just go, just go see, see somebody because it's not really once your body changes because you've had a baby or you haven't had a baby and your body changes. Yeah. Um your mechanics may change too. And the way you were used to doing an exercise prior to whatever you went through may not be the correct way to do it afterwards. Totally. You know? Totally. Um, so that's a big thing that I've seen that maybe a lot of non-moms wouldn't be aware of. Yeah. Or, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I get a lot of referrals for... 
patient for patients that say, okay, I'm going to have a C-section, so I probably won't need pelvic floor PT afterwards. Yes, 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 yes. That's actually a really, really good thing to bring up. That's a really good thing to bring up because just because the pelvic floor is your vaginal rectal tissue, you know, it's just because it's in those areas, that does Mm -hmm. not mean that you aren't a good candidate for pelvic floor PT because even if you have a C-section, they're cutting through the abdominal muscles, which insert into the pubic bone, which is where the pelvic floor sits, right? So it's like there's so many different things. And I'm actually – I'm very happy you just brought that up. I'm so happy you did because I feel like that's also important to note, you know, just because something isn't specifically, specifically going on there, Mm -hmm. there's so many ways that that can then affect the pelvic floor and then have an impact on it. So. That totally leads in. I'm now looking at some of the other ones where it's there are three that kind of like go along together, right? So it's like heavy lifting in the pelvic floor, running and the effects in the pelvic floor, and then dancers um, along with jumping, landing on the pelvic floor. So that just kind of um, went along with what I just said too. Like all of these things have an impact on the pelvic floor together. Um, so even if you're not necessarily feeling certain symptoms there, all of these Mm -hmm. things can have an impact on it, right? And we see patients like that all the time, you know, like um, where there's too much pressure like built into the abdomen. And that's Mm -hmm. because Americans are so like stressed out all the time. Like I swear, (laughs) Americans are stressed out from like work culture. We sit down a lot. And then if we're not sitting down a lot, we're moving around too much. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like a double-edged sword. You're moving around too much, so your pelvic floor is always working because your hips are always moving, everything's doing this and that, and then you're sitting down for too long. So now there's way too much pressure that's within your pelvic floor too. So it's like all of these things then have an impact, right? Absolutely, and I think that you bring up a good point with obviously the abdominal pressure, but why does that abdominal pressure happen? It's usually because... To put it simply, we're holding our breath for a lot of these things. We want to do a a heavy weight that we haven't done in four months, but let me lift for the first time and let me hold my breath throughout the whole thing. As that's happening, pelvic floor is just has nothing to hold on to and it can't stabilize if all you're doing is holding your breath. Totally, totally. And that even like, you know, this person who even said heavy lifting and the pelvic Mm -hmm. floor. So picture athletes that are heavy lifting that, you know, are going through these crazy workouts. I always make fun. I've actually been seeing like a bunch of um, NFL players, which I think is just like funny that there's a pattern with like patients that are coming in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I asked them, to just do like a belly breath and for they laugh at me you know like they see this like little person coming in and they're like are you kidding me like this is my like this is (laughs) my therapist but I asked them to do a belly breath and then they can't do it right they can't do a deep belly breath can you run circles around me doing like I don't god knows what drills sure you right like you can do all these like all these crazy things but you but can't can do, you run drills while you belly breathe is the question. Is the real question <laughs> though, right? Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like I think about myself. I used to dance. I used to mm-hmm. dance. And I did step. That's a lot of stomping. It's a lot that of is, impact yeah. onto your pelvic floor. And I could I could dance for days. You know I can dance for days. On the dance <laughs> yes, floor, I, I can that. dance for days. I have- 
Totally. <laughs> yeah. And the thing, like, but you then have me do these, like, very simple, stable movements. And it's hard. It's a tough thing for me to do. So, like, that's kind of my point with this stuff as well is that, like, go have somebody look at you, you know, like have somebody just pinpoint the different things that you're not able to do and then your body will be able to go along with it and be balanced in the way that it should be. Now, there's another response here that there are two more left and I think these two are like the perfect two to leave as the last two because they, they're good ones. So one of them is uh, three. I'm sorry. So one of them is a stigma around the pelvic floor. But then this person also said talking about the male pelvic floor. Those two go hand in hand, I would say, um, as well. Because a lot of people, every time I say, oh, well, I treat males as well, they're like, wait, what? What do you mean? How? How do you treat males? Uh That's that's everything I always get. How? But how? Yeah. But how? Wait, what do you do? What type of examination do you do? It's rectal, (laughs) people. That's what happens. (laughs) Yeah. And it's and not always, right? Like you don't always have to do an internal examination. That's not always the case. But that is how we would access the pelvic floor, you know, for our male patients. But that is also a stigma is that when people look up pelvic floor PT, they think that it's just pregnant women. And while I love my pregnant moms, I love them, but they're also not everything, right? Like they're not they're not the end all be all of pelvic floor PT. There's so many other diagnoses that go along with it, including treating men, including treating men. And um, that's another huge population where I'm just like, we got to get more people to know that males can be treated, you know, that males can be you treated. You know what's... Yeah, go ahead, honey. You know what's yep. so interesting, interesting that I feel like it's a male pelvic floor PT is a huge stigma for everyone that's not going through it. Yes. I find that all my guys that come in and have an issue, whether it be prostatitis, progenital neuralgia, mm-hmm. levator, ani syndrome, they come in and they've done their research. Yep. <laughs> and they know exact like you start to explain that you may have to do an internal rectal assessment just to see what the muscles are looking like what the length is what the tone whatever whatever Mm -hmm. and they know Mm -hmm. and they don't care yeah they just want to get this over with because it's been enough yes and yep and that's it and yeah and they're open to it they they don't care and that's been I want to say and I haven't treated a lot of men I, I will say that 75% of my population has been women yeah but every single man that I have seen has been completely open to it and they don't they don't care at this point. Right. Right. And I'll totally say that about I would say a bulk of my patients and but mm-hmm. hands down specifically my male patients because since it's not known as much for them, they do a lot of research in it. You know, whereas like I feel like my women that come in, they'll might they might say, oh, my friend did this, and I thought that it would be good to check, you know, because they yes. talk about it a little bit more, you know. And not to say that guys don't talk. Of course they do, but with this type of stuff, this is a little bit of a different ball game for them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, yeah. it's definitely different. Um, So that is totally a stigma that I'm just trying to break about it. But another stigma that pops into my head with this is like Kegels again, that's such a huge thing where people are just like, yep, 
all a pelvic floor PT does is teach you Kegels. And I'm like, okay, like that's why it's a whole specialty. Of course. Like that's why there's like a million courses. Since mm-hmm. my sarcasm here, right? It's yes. Like, absolutely. Like, I did I do ten kegels every day and I'm still leaking. Why? Yeah. Why right? am I still leaking? Why and is that it happening? makes sense. Liz, if you look online, when you put urinary incontinence on Google, the first thing that comes up is pelvic floor your exercises. Pelvic floor yep. Yeah. Which is absolutely can help, but I have had plenty of patients with urinary incontinence that I may not even prescribe Kegels. Totally. Or I may do it after a month of treatment because that's not their muscles weren't in optimal length or tone to start strengthening. And if you start a patient with just Kegels, you may be doing more harm than good because you don't know what's going on with those muscles. Totally. Speaking of that, I had a patient today, um, she came in as an evaluation, mm-hmm. and she was coming in for a certain diagnosis, um, pelvic pain with pain with intercourse, a bunch of different things. But within that, I mentioned, you know, you have hip weakness, um, your pelvis isn't perfectly aligned, but then again, I don't believe that that's the cause of your symptoms. You know, I went through the whole thing, and she goes, okay, so she knew I was going to do internal because she had done her research, and she goes... Well, so should I book you and also book with another physical therapist so that she or he can strengthen my hips while you do my internal? Because she just she didn't, didn't know, know that yeah. the pelvic floor and the hips and your core is all really completely connected. Right, and right. And I, I can't blame people, though, for not knowing that you know like for for not knowing that and or she also might have been through you know a session before where maybe a therapist was just like oh can't treat that other ankle because like you're here for this ankle you know and and that's something well that's a whole other stigma that I would love to break as well in you know just in (laughs) PT you know in general everything is connected I should be able to treat what I want. But that is a whole insurance episode, I'm sure, that I'll do. <laughs> like, yes. just to, Yeah, because that's another thing, right? Then we have the whole healthcare system that's, like, in the mix of stuff where I kind of don't blame her for asking that because, like, she probably has been through something where a provider was like, nope, you're probably going to need a different prescription for that, and then you're going to need a different prescription for this and for this and for this. It's so, always like that. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's where we come in to teach as well too, to say like this is how this works, this is all connected, and this is what I'm going to do for you today. Right? And that's like all we can do with that. Um, yes. Oh, lots of stigmas. But those are those are the few that I would say. Definitely that we treat males. That's a big stigma that I think that's is – That's a big one. Um, around – Kegels are not everything, people. I think we said that like five times already. Like <laughs> they're just not and if everything. If you haven't heard it, Kegels aren't everything. Yeah, they they just aren't. They aren't not about them. Um, yeah, not about it. Then, um, oof, I just had one more in my head. Oh, we don't only treat our pregnant mamas, even though we love them, right? You know, we just we I even just mentioned athletes. Runners, dancers, the work. So there's so many different types of populations that we can treat. And a big one is our patients who have undiagnosed pain. So this is the last response that I want to go over. Uh, This follower said, 
please go over undiagnosed pain. She put it in all caps and a lot of explanation points. And she said, <laughs> and she said, it's unreal how long my personal saga is with this one. So I have some things to say <laughs> about this. <laughs> I have some things to say about undiagnosed pain. Now, I'm going to tell a little bit of a personal story with this one. I, for the longest time, felt that pap smears were the the most hurtful thing. Like I, I could not endure a pap smear. And I remember telling, I remember asking my sisters and I was like, does it hurt you guys? Like, does it hurt that bad? Like I was like, I feel like I have a sharp pain. And at the time I wasn't having sex. I was okay. like 14, you know, I was young and um, 14 or 15, I would say. And I, and they were like, no, you know, like we feel like pressure, you know, like we feel pressure Mm -hmm. there and stuff. And I was like, okay. But then, you know, eventually I did start having sex and like, it still hurt. And even when I had sex, like the first few times I did, I was like, oh, of course, you know, like it's painful, you know, this and that. And then it kept happening, right? Like into my twenties and into each pap smear still started to hurt. And I kid you not, before I would get a pap smear. Mm-hmm. I would kind of work on my muscle tissue. So like I was doing pelvic floor PT before I even knew what pelvic floor PT was. It was the destiny. Which ma- yeah, which <laughs> makes me think things really do come full, full circle, do yes. they not, right? Like it, yeah. it's weird, um, but it does. And then like I had like a consistent partner – so things mellowed out a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. like I think like okay. my tissues kind of like. You were having as much pain? Yeah, I wasn't. But part of me is thinking that I was like treating myself, you know, like kind of, like in <laughs> in between. And like, and I would even like, I would make sure to have like enough foreplay before because like I knew if that we didn't, then, you know, then, then I, it, I wouldn't be fine. So it's kind of like I was I undiagnosed for a really, really long time. And honestly, only this year did I finally go, you know, like I went to see my mentor and she, she was just like, listen, like you have muscle spasms. And she was like, it could be due to a bunch of different things. Like you used Mm -hmm. to dance, you used to, you know, you used to do all these things. And then I ran marathons for, you know, and then I started running. So all these things collectively probably caused all these muscle spasms, which of course makes sense. And I feel lucky to be in this profession because I know, you know, like now I know. Um, and I was able to figure it out as I went. But now you have this, you know, this person responding to me saying this and it's like, how long were you going? You know, how long were mm-hmm. you going with this? Like I'm in a profession where I have to be body aware. So I did start to question certain things. Like when we learned it in school, Chris, like, right? Like when we learned stuff in school, like, of course things go through your head. Like, huh? I might have this or like I might have that. But what about the people that don't have that, that that now have to research it? So with this, with undiagnosed pain, it's something that I'm going to bring up, of course, all the time. You know, of course, I'm going to talk about this always because it it's something that a lot of providers I know are trying their best. One thing that I'll say to save providers is that pelvic pain is complex. It is very it complex is, right. and it, it is not the easiest to diagnose. It definitely takes a team of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you could totally agree with that too. It's like it, it, this takes a team like no other. And, and just like how any type of profession would like workers in the hospital, all that takes a team. 
this type of, you know, this type of diagnosis definitely takes a group of people to just say like, okay, this is what's going on with this. I think that you should be doing that. These are the exercises you should be doing. Maybe it's time to listen to a podcast or, you know, about like pain management or something too. Like there's a bunch of different things that, um, we can dive into with that. But I think like I get her frustration, you know, like she put it in caps and and, like you said, like my pain has been undiagnosed for this long. But again, you said it's, it's not necessarily new, but I think getting a pelvic floor diagnosis is something that is new to the general population. Absolutely. And it's like you said, social media has a big role in it. And I think as providers, you know, you and I, I have times where I call you, hey, Liz, I have this patient coming in and I I haven't seen this population. What would you suggest? You know, what yeah, should I look for? Yeah. Like, we all do that within PTs. Sure, um, yeah. But I think it's also so important to keep in mind that especially with pelvic pain or anything that has to do with pelvic floor, that's where your biopsychosocial component comes in. So yeah. we may be looking at the tissues and the movement and what medications you're taking and what effect that can have on you. But your mental health care provider is going to be huge. Right. So important. Your OB is going to be important. Um, anyone, it's, it's like you said, it takes a team. And it's important for us as pelvic floor PTs, too, to be in contact with that team, be aware of what they're prescribing or what they're suggesting. Because... As much as we'd like to, we can't play every single hat. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's a big one. I know, I know. You mentioned um, like biopsychosocial. So, like, just so everybody knows, like the bio part is you know your body in general. Mm-hmm. The psycho part is you know it could be a mental component. You know, getting a psychologist in the mix possibly to take care of your mental health, and then the social part of it, where it's like. Do you have a partner that's understanding? Do you have family that you can talk to, friends that maybe you can vent to about this? Um, So that totally. So just so everybody knows, you know, like that's the type of therapist I am. And Chrissy, I know you're like that too. You know, where we're looking at all these other types of things as well. It's not just your physical that we're looking at, especially when it comes to pelvic pain. Like we're going to look at everything for you and, you know, it, it's something that I've been trying to work on as well. Like I definitely have like a resource list that, you know, I want to, I get have certain providers on there. I have certain podcasts on there, mm-hmm. um, apps, the works, you know, just certain things that where people can go and listen to to just know like you're not alone in this. Like it's actually more common than you think. And this is what you can do about it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. We just kind of went in on all of those <laughs> responses and I and think I feel like we were even holding back oh yeah so much. yeah there's and I think like and I hope like you know my listeners can kind of get get an idea of like look at how much we just like dived into so many different things you know and there's so many different topics that we can get into like with pelvic floor in general but I loved that I even just asked it, you know, on my Instagram because I think like it just brings up so many things where even as I'm looking at these responses, I was just like, oh, yeah, wait, like I do see that. I do see this. I see this all the time. I, you know, and these are the topics that, you know, we got to 
definitely a mixed bag and a taste of it today of like a bunch of yeah. different responses. But um, this is what I'm going to be talking about a lot, you know, and I hope we answered, you know, these responses in a way that's understandable for you guys. And if you have questions, you know how to reach out. But Chrissy, I just wanted to thank you for being on here, boo. Aww, thanks, Lissa, <laughs> Yeah. I, I am so happy that you're doing this because Aww, I think thank you. it just brings a lot of awareness. And you know what? It's, it's awesome to look at it in an Instagram page or in a website or whatever it is. But being able to listen to this in the car or just listening to two people talk about this like it's you know, common because it is so common. Totally. Um, so important and so important for us to all relate to it. So thank you for doing this. I think this is oh. awesome. And thank you for inviting me. I am honored. Oh my God. Well, don't make me cry over here. <laughs> I've been crying a lot lately, but like that's a whole other issue. So like, well, <laughs> another podcast yeah. And we're just going to talk about that separately. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in everybody and i hope if you learned every anything today it's that kegels are not everything <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to the all things pelvic pod have questions concerns comments want to share your story remember to follow me on instagram at the underscore pelvic floor playbook dm me share my stuff like it and let me know what you think As a reminder, this is not medical advice by any means, so don't be out here doing a bunch of nonsense in these streets. If you need me and want a vibe, you know where to find me. I'm out.